Welcome guys to the PTMA podcast. We have a special guest on for this episode. Um, we have Stuart McKenzie, who is the owner of FitPro Sales Agency. And that is what it says on the tin. I'll let Stuart explain what that is in his intro. Um, and Stuart also works with OFB, been a PT uh, for about 10 years, starting in the commercial facility, had private gyms, etc. And today we focus on selling PT the right way, which is a really, really good conversation we had with Stuart. Uh, we explored the ins and outs of uh, sales, like inverted sales scripts, but then you'll kind of get what we mean when we get into that. Um, positioning your core offering, uh, the marketing side of things, um, a really, really good conversation with Stuart. He explains things really well uh, for any PT out there or, or fitness business owner. Um, it's a great listen. It really breaks things down for you to understand uh, those phases. So I hope you take a lot from today. Uh, you can find uh, Stuart's handle in the show notes and a little bit about what we talk about. Uh, any feedback, any questions, then just pop it through on the email, guys. Cheers. Okay, there we go. Um, ladies and gents, I hope we're good. Um, as promised, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about having Stu on the live and the subtitles are back on. Nice one. Um, Stuart on the live um, to talk all things kind of PT, sales and all that type of stuff. So we're going to get stuck into that today. Um, as always, like we absolutely welcome your questions and use this opportunity to ask Stuart whatever you want, like you do with the rest of us that, um, that come on. So please make the most of the opportunity. Um, Formality-wise, obviously, we've got a few questions for Stu and we'll stick to try and stick to a structure for you out throughout but we'll obviously go off on a tangent at certain points, with me and Nick always do. Um, first of all, mate, I'll throw it over to you. Um, do you want to just give yourself a bit of an intro, um, your background and all of that type of stuff, so people know who you are, pal? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll try and keep it as short as possible as well. Um, so I was originally a PT, started around 10 years ago, um, worked in a, it was a fitness first that went into a click fitness, didn't do very well with it, I was 18 put my PT top on, thought everybody would just run to me and, and ask me for PT. Didn't happen like that. Left the industry for a year, worked some crappy little job, got back into it in a pure gym years ago, um, then became a, a gym owner, got a second facility, probably the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and it's just not something I ever want to even think about ever again, being a gym owner. It was, it was terrific. <laughs> um, Moved from that into online coaching side of things. And, and over the next, over the course of like the, the two years of being an online coach, I think because of my experiences in the gym, it kind of started to break me down in regards to the passion I had for coaching people. I loved content. I loved marketing. I loved sales. I loved the business side of things, but I didn't love the coaching aspect anymore. Um, and through everything that I'd learned, I was part of a, of a course called OFB. Uh, you, you're familiar with, with Suck and everything else. And I kind of just started to integrate myself within that company and the community and the team and everything else. And then eventually I um, ended up back in a commercial gym that I'd started back in. So the Click Fitness, Fitness First, I I'd, I'd came around nine, eight, nine years later. I, I was back there because of 
my online coaching was going fine. I started training out of another gym as well. You know, blah, blah, blah. Someone stole all my clients, just messed me about in there. I had to do something. I went into a gym and I found myself washing down treadmills again, like at the age of like 28. And I, I was doing that when I was 18, type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I was like, I've got to change something here. This is just not for me anymore. Um, saw someone asking who could do sales calls for their online coaching program. I just went, sod it. I like sales. I'll put my hand up and I'll do it. Um, and then from there, that's where it all kind of changed. It was February-ish of 2019. Um, started a sales agency. That just blew up because I did those sales calls. More and more people were asking for it. Bigger products, bigger companies, bigger people with bigger influence were asking for it. That went absolutely crazy. Um, the agency side of things wasn't something that's very suited to a lot of PTs. So I brought out a course to help teach them to get better at crafting offers and selling because I think there's a lot of bad um, bad stuff surrounding sales, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, so I wanted to give people the opportunity to understand how to sell properly uh, and in, in the right way that doesn't make them feel like they need to get a shower every time they hop off a conversation with somebody. Um, and then from there, more and more people asked me to work with them on a one-to-one -one basis as well. So it, it's all kind of just spiraled over the last sort of two going into the third year. Agency side of things, we've closed over, last time I checked anyway, it was over 3 million for clients in the two years. So I've got proof that I know how to sell stuff and, and, and things like that. Do you know what I mean? That, that's always like a really good proof thing. Um, and on the course side of things and the one-to-one -one mentoring, it's just the, the amount of proof that we have in regards to people doing better, but understanding what, sale, what selling is and how it can be inside of the fitness industry without being without having to fall for the sort of the usual garbage that that you see the gurus and the seven figures this and the six figures that and the however many high ticket whatevers you see, like doing it in the right way, a way that feels good for you, that makes sense for you, that makes sense for the person you are selling to. Um, that's basically what it is. So I, I help PTs, coaches, gym owners, all kinds of stuff, um, get better at selling, crafting offers and ultimately growing the business, growing the business as a side product of understanding all that basically. Cool. Um, the, what's interesting about that conversation is normally it's the flip side, isn't it? In a sense of people really don't like that sales and marketing side of the role, love the coaching side. And so it's great to speak to someone with the reverse element of that. And I'm sure there'll be loads side of people on here that relate to it as well. The uh, title that we kind of come up with was Selling the Right Way uh, yeah. that we kind of, we discussed together um, away from here. And that was the title <clears throat> of this chat today. Mate, what does that mean to you? So, okay. So for me, it's one of those things like we, we've all been in a scenario where somebody's been pushy with us. Do you know what I mean? Like if we've gone to buy a car, you're just having a look around or, or just whatever. Someone's been a bit pushy and you, you get that little sense of he's going to make me buy this. Uh, and that's the thing. He, he's trying to make me buy this. You shouldn't try and make anybody buy anything. If you're, you know, in different industries and you're looking for hardcore closes, then yeah, fine, you know, be ruthless, make the sale, make the money, you know, jog on, whatever. But in the industry that we're in and, and the service that we provide, the more you have to convince and make someone to purchase, the less, the less of a good quality job you're probably going to be able to do with that person. They've, they've bought in for the wrong reasons. They've bought in under your ability to sell rather then your ability to show them that you're the right person to get them the results that they actually want. We're not trying to convince people. If we have to convince, we're, we're, we're fighting a losing battle. Like I could, like I always say to these people, like I could, I'm confident that I could convince, convince anybody to purchase my stuff. 
I could give the best feel in the world. Even if I don't think you want to purchase this thing, I can make you buy. I could do all the tactics in the world to make you buy. But have you bought for the right reasons? You've bought because I've kind of pushed you into it, into it rather than saying, like, rather than doing it the right way and almost making you sell yourself into the service. I'll, I'll make you do all, the, all of the legwork because I need to find out whether you firstly actually want this, whether you're committed for it and whether you actually believe in me as well. That's why sales is everything prior to the conversation. Like the, the point of sale should be the easiest part of the whole process because there's no convincing involved. And I don't care if you're selling something that's £100 or £3,000 because you're a high-ticket coach, whatever you want to call yourself. Like selling the right way is giving, giving the right people the right opportunity to achieve the right, you know, the results that they actually want um not how high is my conversion rate because i'm just selling everybody i'm a, I'm a closer i'm a closer i'm a closer do you know what i mean um and it and it, it's 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 a weird one because on the agency side of things we have to be hardcore closers because we've got companies and people paying us to go and make them the sales so we almost have to sometimes remove that element of it because we've got you know clients to sell for when I'm teaching it to personal trainers, gym owners, or whatever else, you've got to flip that switch of let's make let's make sure we're, we're selling the right way because your business is going to live and die by the results you actually get clients. So let's make sure we're giving the right people the right opportunities. You need to be able to shout about your clients. You need to be able to show off your clients because the more testimonials and results you get, the easier it's going to be to gain clients. But if all you've done is hardcore closed as many people as possible to make as much money as possible. Uh, are you really going to get the best transformations? Are you going to have the highest success rate in your business? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's go on, Nick? I could see you. Itching. It's all, it's almost when you were talking through that. Then there's so many things that you said throughout, which we kind of refer to throughout the different stuff we do, which is quite nice to hear. But also. When you were talking through that, it was kind of making me think, well, yeah, because I, I was similar situation. I've been in that hard sales environment, like cruise ships and stuff, where you were selling your soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but in that scenario, one party is going to walk away from that not feeling good. In the scenario you were explaining there, which we're all about, both parties are going to move forward feeling really good because that person is really happy with what they bought. They believe they're going to get the results. They're absolutely stoked and excited about what's going to happen. And you feel great because you haven't been trying to compare it to a cup of coffee or a day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you both feel good about the scenario rather than one feeling a little bit iffy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want that buyer's remorse. You don't want to mm-hmm. make the sale start you know celebrating and then a day later them go you know what this isn't for me I, I, i've made the i've made the wrong decision i've made a mistake mm. that that's not something you want to hear like you want them to drop you that message the next day say i can't believe i'm, I'm getting started i'm so happy i'm so excited etc 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 so it um yeah like i say even in a hard sales environment you, you you're pretty much strong arming someone into making a sale and you walk away going commission made great stuff can't wait you don't really care what's happened to the person at that point. Uh, but that's not that's not the industry we're in, you know, especially now more than ever, like with the whole COVID thing and everything else, like people need personal trainers. So just just do the right thing. Sell, sell the right way. You know, it, 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 you, you, we want long-term clients. So start the relationship off 
the best way possible. Like, make them do all of the legwork, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Make them do all of the legwork that gets them to to see you as the person that can help them, but also they feel great about it as well. What do you think, mate? Uh, you've touched on a couple of things anyway, and it's just I think it's just good to kind of iron it out, <clears throat> sell, and take some kind of points that they can just go and apply straight away. Is what do you think are the main contributing factors? Because you said it's far more earlier than the sales process itself that get people to buy, right? What are the main contributing factors that you work with PTs on to get them to a point of where that sales process becomes a little bit easier? Okay, yeah. So one of the, and this conversation we're having with a lot of people this week is, so you, you kind of need to, you want to be able to, separate yourself or distance yourself from the rest of the noise like if you look at what happens seasonally uh, or even like like things that are going on in the world like every pt and everybody jumps on the same trending topics and and throws out the same offers and everything else you know you've got lock lockdown lean in lean lean after lockdown six week program like little black dress like all of these types i mean they're fine like don't get me wrong they are fine but if you're someone that struggles to generate leads or or you're trying to kind of distance yourself from it you need to be you need to stand out and you need to be the one that people see and go wow that person's for me now a lot of people talk about niches and, and all these various different things i am a fan of you being your own niche you no one can compete with you like working with busy mums isn't a niche working with you know high flying busy professionals is also not a niche it's just buzzwords and trending topics for me personally that's the way that i sort of see it so how can you distance yourself from other people one way that you can do it is obviously understanding your ideal clients as much as possible. That is an incredibly heavy conversation. Understanding your ideal client, knowing everything inside out about them, knowing what the problem it is that you actually solve. You solve a very specific problem for a very specific person in a very specific time frame, in a very specific way, slash, you know, have a unique system, whatever. Now, if you have those things, what that then allows you to do is in your content is talk about them but also spell out exactly how it is you can get people results, make it incredibly obvious to the person. So for example, if you can talk about a topic or a common problem or a myth or a misconception or a barrier that your ideal client would have around achieving the result that you can help them achieve, talk about it and then relate it back to how your service solves that problem. You can also relate it back to how you've helped a client in your service overcome that. You could also do all of those things and relate all of those things for a person who maybe has a barrier about working with you or a coach in general and refer it back to your service. And you know what I mean? Like you always, if you, if you can refer back to your service, you can spell out to your audience exactly how it is that you get people results. There's, there's no guesswork. There's no second guess in there. So, for example, you can talk about the accountability structure. You know, a lot of people struggle with motivation. You know, it's a common problem, yada, yada, yada. Well, the way that I work with clients is that we do the weekly check-ins because we want to combat this. We want to look at this, meaning I can do this for you so that you feel this way. That's a terrible way of explaining it. But do you know what I mean? Referring back yeah. to elements of your service, you make it very obvious for people what it is you do. Because for, for a lot of the general public, they might not actually understand what personal training is. They might not understand what online coaching is. They might just think personal training is just turning up and paying someone 20 quid for an hour. Like that's, that's not PT, that's a transaction. 
personal training is a hell of a lot more than that. It, it's, you know, it's the support, it's the coaching, it's the empathy, it's the relationship, it's everything that kind of goes in it. So tell them what it is, you know, tell them what your service is in subtle little ways. You can throw in like testimonials in a subtle way. It doesn't always have to be people in their underwear on, on social media. Not everybody responds well to that. So give people more opportunities to respond in different kinds of ways. Tell them about your service so that when you've got the ability to have a conversation with them, they, they are more aware of what it is that you do. They, there's, there's less for them to think about because it's not new information to them when it comes to explaining your service. By doing this, what a lot of people have told me, you know, as I've told them, like when I tell them to do this, what their feedback to me is, how easy the conversations are, especially if you have that unique system. So for example, it's a really cheesy way to call it pillars or steps or whatever, but it's just the easiest way to explain it. You know, if you have a three-step process, simplest way, nutrition. Okay, well, what does that mean? What do you do? You know, what is it that you do? Training and then accountability. But some people have like lifestyle and stress management, sleep management, uh, life, blah, blah, blah. If you have these unique systems, like the way that you help people get results, the more you talk about them, the more you explain them, the more it makes sense to your audience. And when it comes to the sales process, the conversation, it's already spelled out for them. You also spell out the process of them getting results. They can visualize how they're going to achieve these results now. Mm-hmm. The Just easier have- you can make your job, the, the more sales you'll make. Yeah, yeah. And that's everything that you've just said is the message that we try and kind of deliver to the guys as consistent as possible. And um, there was a couple of points I wanted to unpack out of that is what's your difference between what you've just said regards to understanding your ideal client and then putting that into type of strategy and I'll get into the strategy question in a minute. And then what you said in regards to it, being, I suppose, a trending topic of busy mums, yeah. that type of stuff. What's Obviously, what's the difference? Because I suppose a lot of PTs are coming into an industry now where they're trying to get their head around marketing more than ever, right? Yeah. And you've got people like me and Nick who are like, absolutely, what you need to do is try and not to narrow down to reduce your potential of clients, but more so to narrow down to make sure that you can your message can cut through in a consistent manner so yeah. you can meet people where they're at, understand how they think and feel, what they hear, say, do, all of that type of stuff. So we rabbit on about that all day long. What's the difference for you in the trending stuff that you're seeing from a marketing sense at the minute, plus that what you just said regards to ideal client? So I think it's one of those things where, for, for me, you can, you can, the way you find the best ideal client, and it, and it is hard because then you've got people who are brand new and maybe haven't worked with anybody before and, and all, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think you've got to try and find similarities with who you want to try and work with so that you have some form of experience or empathy with what they're going through. Now, easiest way to explain that is a lot of people, they'll train whoever, they'll do whatever, and then all of a sudden, they'll flick to what's apparently a very affluent uh, niche of uh, busy professionals or CEOs or whatever. But if they've got absolutely zero experience of working with someone who is in that environment, how can they empathize or visualize or see what it is that this person actually wants you can't speak their language because you've got no idea what it is. Mm. Do, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think you've got to find similarity. And that ideal client might change over time. Like, I don't think there's any rush to have a very specific super niche that you'll never change ever. Like, you might start off in the process of, well, I understand and know I can get results for, let's say, females with 
who've got a few kids who have been, you know, messing around with uh, fad diets for years and yeah, yeah, that's that that's like surface level stuff. That's like the main stuff that you can kind of talk about. But how deep, how much deeper can we go? So, for example, can you follow them around in your head for a full day and explain their whole day? Now, that sounds really, really simple. I'm sure people have done that before. Oh, they get up at seven. They quickly grab their breakfast on the way out to work. They then do this. They then do that. Fine. But I want to know the reasons why they do these things. So if they're up early, if they're up early and grabbing a quick bite for convenience for breakfast, why? What's been the problem? What's the issue there? How long has that been happening for? What problems has that caused? Let's move on. Just go deeper and deeper and deeper into these things, mainly because it now gives you the ability to create the content and you can speak this person's language. So whilst our ideal client is so ridiculously narrow and specific, the content that we're creating, the stuff that we're saying is not only going to speak to this incredibly specific individual, but let's say, let's use the, you know, the woman thing as the example. There's going to be men out there that have the same issues. They just aren't a woman. There's going to be, you know, a woman that doesn't have any kids that feels the exact same way based on what I'm talking about here. So all these, the, the more narrow we get, the more people are actually going to listen because we've got so much information and so much detail around this ideal client that we can create endless amounts of content. We can empathize in endless amounts of ways. We can, we can inspire in so many different ways. We can create all kinds of stuff that more people are actually going to be drawn to because we know this one person inside out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> sense. And again, it just backs up kind of the stuff that we deliver and the courses of that is is where it should be. Obviously, it's what you're delivering to your guys. I know Suck does a hell of a lot of this work as well. What I don't want to do is get lost too much within marketing because it's a whole different yeah. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I will say, mate, is because I think this is really important, that personal trainers are starting to recognize that they do need to speak to a specific audience when they are doing it for clarity, for direction of content, for consistency, all of that. The message doesn't get lost. How important do you think in the sales process if, is having some type of strategy or plan from a marketing sense? Like how important in the sales process is having a strategy as a personal trainer, self-employed PT, I've come off my course, getting my head around marketing. How important is it to have some type of plan? And what would that potentially look like for you? To, to be fair, like, <clears throat> I, th I think it's one of those things. So if they're, if they're brand new and they just come out of it, then it, it's important to try and kind of work with as many people as possible, obviously. But at some point, you probably will want to start to narrow down just so that you can start to build traction and, and build momentum off. You can find what works, what doesn't work and everything else. I don't think you need to be too rigid, but I think in terms of a plan or a strategy, I think it's knowing what it is. What is it that I'm actually going to offer? I have one main core offering that I'm going to drive everybody to. It's the one main thing that I'm going to talk about. Let's just say, for example, it is something like a 12-week program or, you know, it's your one-to-one -one service. It's your main thing, your main, like, your main product, money maker, main result, driver thing, whatever. And then maybe have a, a, a lower barrier, easy-to-commit product as well like a free challenge or a 30 day pro or whatever. You know what I mean? Like something that you've got the hyper buyers, you've got the people who are ready to dive in. Now you've got the people that just need a little bit of convincing for your marketing to, to work with you one to one. They'll interact with your stuff, but then there's other people that take a little bit longer and maybe can't see 12, 12 weeks ahead of them. So a five day free challenge, 
working on habits and whatever. You know what? I'll throw a punt at this. I'll give it a go. Now they're in your world, they've experienced it. Maybe they'll do the 12 weeks, whatever. I definitely think strategy or plan wise is have a core product. Make that the thing that you talk about constantly and invite people to speak to you about it on a regular basis. Maybe not every single post, but because of the platforms that we've got on social media side of things, Instagram is just made for it with the stories and all of the various different interactions and, and, and everything else that goes on. Utilize your feed, giving out good information, it's entertaining, yada, yada, yada. Use your stories as a way to create interactions, to get people to respond to you, to answer questions, to do whatever. So that it gives you the opportunity to just make conversations. And that's about as, as complicated as your marketing strategy needs to be for, for quite a long time, to be honest. You, I don't think you need to go down the route of um, like periodic launches or um, you know, paid ads and all that kind of random stuff down, down the line. But if you can create good content and create conversations, you're always going to be able to get clients. So be interactive. Your, your plan should be to be as interactive as possible in your stories. Talk about your service um, and, and invite people to invite people to speak to you. Close them. That's it. No, no, no. Yeah, mate, it, it's, it's great to, especially from obviously looking at, we're speaking to a, a pure gym audience here who, from a commercial gym perspective, it's the it's the entry level into the industry, right? Let's be real. Yeah. Um, and with that, the three of us started there. And obviously we've got, we understand the barriers that a lot of personal trainers have coming into the industry and coming into a commercial gym. You're getting your head around your passion, which you turn into a career or you try to turn into a career. And then you've got this whole marketing, sales and marketing beast that actually in other yeah. <laughs> People employ people to take control of, do you know what I mean? And you've got to spin that plate plus the others. But let's not get the violin out. Let's just make it as easy and as simple as possible and go, right, actually, from a marketing plan perspective, start to identify potentially over time who you want to be talking to consistently. Off the back of that, look at core offering. Don't make it overcomplicated because we know a lot of personal trainers like to do that. Look at mm-hmm. offering, one product alone and then maybe have a low barrier that gives that a level up potentially at certain points that brings people in a network use the avenues that you've got which is yeah. obviously instagram whether that's the grid the stories facebook obviously people neglect like we have talked about this all the time we feel that people neglect certain things like local area businesses um, oh, networking, yeah. cross promotion like that's neglected so much now but it has so many wins and it obviously depends on the demographic community groups stuff like that in a marketing sense that's great and i think that it helps PTs because then they can put a bit of a free four step plan in place, but they know where to show up. And that's, that's what's yeah. right now. Mate, when it comes to sales, so we've talked through a bit of marketing I and mean, like I said, I don't want to ponder on it too much, but when we get to sales, I had plenty of barriers with sales and the way I viewed it because I come into this industry as a coach. I just couldn't get me around it initially. Yeah. Um, what are the main barriers that you come up against with the people you work with either in OFB or FitPro? Um, that PTs really struggle to get their head around with sales? Um, so I think a lot of the time, usually what happens is they're terrified, not terrified, well, they don't realize it, but they're terrified of getting a no because you're a coach, you know you can help this person and the worst thing that can happen is that they just don't want to do it for whatever reason. They just say no, well, they don't really give you the answer. So it's, it's, it's like, it's being terrified. It's having the attachment to the outcome. It's handling the objection of it. Um, but also it's the structure around the conversation. The amount of PTs that have no idea what they're supposed to be saying in a conversation. Um, you're there, the way that I view it is you're there to do a job. 
you're there to find out what this person's problem is and if you can help them. So if you don't structure your questions properly and extract the right information, you can't do your job properly and you're going to do them a disservice. And by doing them a disservice, you're either going to stop them from working with you when you know you can be the person to help them, which means if they don't work with you, they're going to go and work with someone else who might not be as good of a trainer or they might go and sign up to you know, Herbalife or Juice Plus or something because it's a whatever, it's a whole different conversation. Um, but you know what I mean? So you're there to do a job and that's what a lot of them struggle with. It's the attachment to the outcome. They, they want to sign up everybody. They they don't, they, they can take it personally when people kind of don't know if they want to do it or, or have an objection. They don't know how to handle the objection to so the structuring of it all um, and having a real flow. Uh, 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 one big one as well is they kind of feel weird when they ask, when they say the price. And it's because, and this is a really strange way of putting it, they've given price without consent. It's like a non-consensual price giving, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it feels and sounds very, very awkward. So there's another way of being able to relay the price without it feeling awkward whatsoever. And I think that's where people get a lot of confidence from. When the conversation makes sense, it's so easy. So, so easy. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter if, you, if you've never sold anything before, you can be an absolute outrank beginner and be very comfortable very quickly. Yeah, it's they go in with the price first, don't they? Yeah, they go front, they front load, and have that expectation on the price. And it's like, and this was me like freaking twenty years ago when I started out. And you're building yourself up, mm-hmm. yourself up for a consultation or taste session to go. Uh, would you like to buy my bronze, silver, or gold package? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I get this laminated sheet out with you know you know the score but it is it's like price you, you hit the nail on the head it's like price first a whole load of apprehension anxiety behind that because this you, you're apprehensive about actually mentioning this might actually cost something before the yeah, yeah. Room, right so there's a whole build up and at the end you're then leaving it to the person to basically decide how much they do, how frequent they do. So you're, you're giving the power back to them, which is a whole yeah. conversation from a service perspective as well, isn't it? But it's it's like when you, when you frame that core, taster, consult, whatever, you just got to be open and honest. And yeah. be, like you've said all along, you got to be clear. People have so many different perceptions and assumptions and barriers and challenges and fears and apprehensions about PT, training, results, eating, lose, not being able to get all this stuff that if you're not clear and concise in a, you know, just a very open conversation, you're going to miss something, aren't you? You're yeah. yeah. There and so is the client. And I think it's one, of, it's, it's one of those things as well, where look at the perception of the general public inside a commercial gym when they think they want a PT. Um, and I'm sure you know people that are watching and, and you guys have experienced this as well. Majority of the time, it's a member coming up to you going, hey, how much is PT? How much is personal training session? Like, just so, and normally, you know, most people will go, oh, um, you know, stay, stay quick for the hour. Or if you block a book of 10, it's, it's this much instead. Like, that's just information and a number. Like, that's what they think they wanted to hear, but they just heard money and numbers. They don't really care. Like, they just, they just moved away. So if you're someone that can handle those types of situations but also when it comes to talking about it in the consult and whatever else you have a clear structure you immediately take the authority you you're the person that's this is what you need this is what i'm telling you you need now it's on you to decide what happens next do do you know what i mean like there's just a different way 
of handling it. Um, mm. And it plays it plays in your it plays in your favor in the sense of they understand what it is what they can get the result that can happen the problem that can be solved and you can easier easily get them converted and and obviously sign them up as well so um, it, a lot of the time it just comes to like framing things slightly differently. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose from what you've talked through, it's kind of you know it's no different the way we deliver things in a sense of the marketing process you've just said. When you get to that point, I'll, I'll, we'll go on the cold option in a minute, which is you've, you've just brought that up. So I think that's really good to explore because a lot of PTs are getting a lot of impulse buyers at the minute. Where yeah, yeah. January to people, isn't it? So it's how, it's how to deal yeah. with that. Um, it's how to deal with that as a personal trainer. I definitely think we need to dig into that. Um, but what you've said, like very much we come up this from a scripted way in a sense of we understand the client on a general level. We get to know the client on the gym floor or on through stories or whatever on a personal level. We understand him to give us to get us to the point to have the authority to book them in for say a pre-consultation where you can screen what they've gone through in the past, current situation, where they want to go going forward, and have a bit of an understanding of going right. This client has these struggles, these frustrations. This is their beliefs. This is their values. Okay, I've got that in the back pocket now. There. They're a decent client. And then off the back of that, the booking a consultation, that's very much about, in the consultation, is very much about establishing that the goals and the needs analysis behind the client, um, asking motivational interviewing-based questions to bring out internal motivation that will help you as the coach to build a prescriptive plan over three, six months to get this client to where they want to be with all of the features within your service that are necessary for them. So it makes it easier it's a natural flow for the sale to happen. Now, for some PTs, that's quite a longer process. They prefer a shorter process. And um, it's very much pulling the information from the, from the client so the client is has that perceived level of value to pay £300 a month or whatever it is, yeah. which makes it easier to coach and keep the person accountable and adherent, which is where most PTs struggle with. Whereas yeah. the angle, what you've talked about and you've gone through, is very, very similar, but it's very much... Get to this now is it's very much in a structure of a script or a process or a sales call and so on just talk us through that mate of what that looks like for you because you've just mentioned structure quite a lot and being yeah yeah, yeah. Well, so it's one of those things and, and firstly what i'll say is like <clears throat> realistically there's like no right way to sell and there's well i mean there is because that's what we're talking about but there's no like there's no this script is the right one it's the only yeah, one yeah. to use or this is process the only right one because it's like diets and everything. They all work. It just depends on you as the person and what you feel most comfortable with. So like you said, there are some people like the longer process. Some people just don't. Uh, do you know what I mean? So you need to find what works for you firstly. But what I can do as well is because I see value in a structure, but I don't see value in reading a script. If you want me to, I can send, like what I'm going to talk about, I can just send you the PDF version of the script and then people can use it. But what I want them to do is turn it into their own voice. Don't read my script. Don't read the words on the paper. Use the structure, and we'll talk about like the structure of it, um, because that's what's important. In the, the day, if you read off a script, you're reading somebody else's voice, somebody else's words, their tone, their personality, blah 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 blah. You, you need to have your own way of speaking and saying certain things and adding your personality into the way, blah, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but. Back to the question. You asked me what that structure is, weren't you? So you yeah, talk yeah. about a tangent. I can go on many yeah, tangents. No, 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 no. Do you know what it is? <laughs> it, it's more so very much from the angle of 
values are the same as ours in a sense the client result is the most important thing from a retention perspective yeah. the sale is great but the results are more important because that's your mm-hmm. reputation that's your consistent wage it's putting food on the table for your kids and all of that stuff yeah so the way we come at it is the prescriptive angle the coaching element and making sure that at that point we don't need to push because you pull that much information that the clients more or less taught themselves into the yeah okay yeah so the, the way that i like to do it is basically doing that but almost in like one conversation and one that can probably take 20 30 minutes max whether it's face to face and this is face to face or in person the benefit you have of face to face is you can very easily just show your body language as well on the phone you've kind of got to show your body language through your voice and your tone and everything else so there's way more skills that come involved in it so if you face face in the person gym just eye contact body language you know all good and everything else so the way that i like to do it the first side of things is always just to explain to them exactly what's going to actually happen so in this consultation today what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you a few questions um, i'm going to discover a little bit more about yourself where you're at what you're struggling with what your goals are any problems that you've had in the past, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we'll work through a few things and I'm going to then relate to you exactly what it is that I do and how I can hopefully help you. And if we both feel as though this is going to be a good fit and we can work together, then I'll give you the opportunity to decide what you want to do moving forward. You can say that in many different ways. That's just one way of sort of saying it, but you're, t- you're just telling them exactly what's going to happen. There's no surprises. They know right now that by the end of the conversation, there's going to be a decision to be made, but they'll be involved in the decision. Do you know know what I mean? It's not like we're just going to spring, oh, cool, let's do PT and here's how much it is. And and it's all like, oh my God, what's going on? I've got something to think about. We're making them very, very aware that there's a reason for this conversation or this call. We're going to do X, Y, Z, and it's going to lead to the opportunity to potentially work together. But you say that as a statement rather than a question. And you kind of just sort of wait for you know the response. And this kind of helps to thin the head as well, which is very, very important because if they go, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't, I'm not really interested in buying anything. Like I've, I've got no money, I'm skint, I've got nothing, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to then spend, you know, the next 30 minutes trying to sell them something. If this is the case, you can say, oh, okay. So you, you don't have any budget whatsoever for personal training. Like, let's just get this out of the way now. No. Okay. Well, if I send you something now, I'll give you a free resource, yada, yada, yada work with that and we'll catch up in a couple of weeks. Like you've got the opportunity to, to keep the relationship there because they just told you very quickly that they can't afford it. They've got no money or they just don't want to purchase anything. Fine. Give them something for free. You can catch up with them in a couple of weeks time and the relationship's still open. You haven't ignored it or because you've let them know what's going to happen. You haven't got all the way to the end of the call and now you feel like you're having to strong arm them into, into buying. Do, do, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? That's the way that I like to do it anyway. Hardcore closers won't like that because you're never supposed to let anybody get away from the conversation and the call. But for the same reasons we spoke about at the start, if they say right from the off, they can't afford it, fine. <laughs> you're going to feel much better about letting them leave and giving them something than trying to sell them on something that they aren't ready for. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, from there, I like to ask them why, why, why was it they reached out or what was the reason for booking the call or what's the reason for booking the consultation today just to kind of find some, some, some sort of like surface level information. Oh, um, I've just been, I've seen a few stuff on your social media, like a few of your posts or I've been struggling for a while. And yeah, okay, just expand on that then please. Like just expand on what you mean. A lot of what we do here, I'm always going to come back to, okay, can you expand on what you mean? Or can you explain what that means for me, please? And just go quiet because you're going to make them 
give you more information. You're going to make them speak. If you say something to, like, in a conversation, let's say you say something to me, and I say, what do you mean by that? And I go quiet. Someone's going to have to fill the space here. And I'm not going to do it because I've asked you a question. And the way a conversation works is you speak next. <laughs> so I've, got, I've asked the question. You're now going to start talking. You're going to say things that I can pick up on and ask you more questions about, oh, what does that mean? When you say diet, what do you mean? You've got no motivation. What does that mean? I just need to know. Do you, do you know what I mean? So we're always going to come back to those types of questions. Ask them why they reached out. Ask a few things around. Just expand on what you mean by that, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can kind of get into the sort of the, the, the simple questions like, okay, well, what is it that you're struggling with right now? What are your major issues with dieting then? What are your problems with trip? Blah, 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 blah. Asking them to expand, asking them to expand. And when you feel as though you've got some really good information, you understand what their problem actually is. Summarize it. So you're referring it back to them. You're just letting them know that they've been heard. You haven't just let it blow over your mind and you're just moving on to the next question. Bang, bang, bang. You're engaging in a conversation. Um, summarize it back. And then you just kind of, you can easily just flip it. Okay, so what exactly is it that you want to achieve then? What, what's the best case scenario here? What do you want to achieve? I want to lose three stone. Okay, well, can you just expand on three stone for me, please? Oh, I want to lose three stone and get fitter and healthier. What does fitter and healthier mean to you then? Explain it. Okay, so you've got a few kids and et cetera. Okay, cool. So what would it mean for you to be, you know what I mean? You just go down that route of just expanding on everything that they say. And when you feel as though you've got a really good, clear idea of what the goal is, summarize it, repeat it back to them, and then move on to the kind of the key area of where now they'll do a lot of the legwork so you've just summarized and repeated back uh, the result that they the result that they want to achieve so what is it that's stopping you from achieving this on your own then they're going to now tell you all the reasons why they've maybe failed in the past they've just got no motivation to do this maybe no they can't do this they can't do that they struggle with this they struggle with that can you expand on that for me please what do you mean by that relate it back to some things that they've maybe said previously. Like, this is really, really simple. Um, what is it that makes you feel like you can't do it on your own? Why is now a good time? They're now going to tell you why they need to do it now. Or they should be anyway. If they tell you that it's, well, it's not really, then you probably should never have got to this point. You should have found that out a little bit earlier on. So why is now the right time? Because, you know, I've been sat on my arse with COVID and lockdown and all this. And I'm, I put, you know, blah, 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 I want to do it now. Right, okay. Can you explain that for me? Can you expand on that a little bit for me? Um, and then finally, is there any barriers? Would there be anything stopping you from actually achieving this result then? Is there any barriers in your way? Whether it's working with me or just on your own in general, like, is there any, any barriers in the way? Can you explain? Can you expand? Once they've done all that, you can kind of just go through the process now. If, if they are, of saying, right, okay, well, you are somebody that I do believe I can help. I typically help X, Y, Z, do A, B, C in one, two, three. You kind of just explain that little bit of um, specific problem, specific person, specific time frame, unique system, blah, blah, blah. Would you like me to talk you through what it is that I do and give you all the information about the program? We're now just getting consent to give them the information. They say, yeah, yeah, sure, go for it. You now want to relay your offer and tell them exactly what it is. So if, it, if it's in a gym, you say, right, okay. So the way that it works is this. We'll work together over a three-month, six-month, you know, whatever. You prescribe what it is, period. In that time, you'll be doing three personal training sessions a week where we're going to focus on this, this, this. So the feature is the PT session. Be as vague as you can on that, really, and then be very, very heavy on the benefits of those features. Um, talk about all your stuff. Again, just be very benefit, 
benefit driven. Um, explain it all and say, do you have any questions around that at all? Anything, any questions around what you've heard? This is now giving them the opportunity to ask us the questions around things that they actually want to know about. Far too many times, PTs will start explaining elements of their service that unfortunately a lot of people don't give a shit about. And that will then mean the moment they hear that, it's given them one potential reason to think that the whole thing just isn't for them. So that's why I like to be slightly vague on the features so it'll prick their interest, heavy on the benefits so it kind of overcomes what they're thinking about it. And if they want to come back and ask me questions around specific features, they can come and do that now. Um, so, oh, so you, you know the nutrition side of things. Am I going to have to track calories? Like I've, I've done all that before and I really hate it. I don't want to track calories. Like I don't want to be weighing out all my food. You can now handle that issue. Right, okay. So for example, what we do with a lot of clients is we will have that calorie tracking element at the beginning, but the goal is not to be there forever. We want to make sure that we do this, 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 this. Do you feel as though if I'm, if, with my help, we could do this thing? Do you know what I mean? Like you can handle the kind of slight objections that they may have. Um, another one is our oh, recipe books. Like, I, I, you know, I just don't use them. Okay, well, the recipe books are just there as a bonus. We, you know, we do, we, we use them as a way to do this, give you some inspiration, some ideas. Uh, but, you know, we've got a lot of clients that actually say that at the start, but when it comes down to it, they do use a few of the recipes and they really, really enjoy it. You can just handle things. But ultimately, what we want to get to is them to go, okay, so how much is it? This is now so much easier than going, it's a three-month program where we do all these PT sessions, information, 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 at 300 pounds a month. And they're like, uh, I need to think about it. Because yeah, you've just done a... Yeah, you've just done a two-minute spiel and they're giving them the price and they just got inf information overload. Oh, my God, oh, my God. So let them ask the questions and we want to nudge them towards, okay, yeah, cool, how much is it? Okay, so typically the way that it works is this. For that program, we are talking, it's £300 per month. They've, they've got no real reason to think about the information because we've just spoken about it all. They've asked a bunch of questions. They, they've got all of the stuff in their head. We're now getting consent from them to give them the price point one thing that can happen a lot is people are saying, well, what if they don't ask the price? Ask them if they want to know the price. <laughs> so have you got any more questions? Uh, no, I think that's it. It's okay. So the way that it would work is if you want to move forward is um, I'll, I'd, I'd pull it up on the iPad. We'd process payment. I'd take your name and, name and email address. We need card details, one card or expiry three in the back. Once you process payment, you get a welcome email with your welcome pack. And we do all these guys. So it all makes sense? Yeah. So would you like to know how much it is then? Yes. Perfect. It's this. And you can make it's it's so much easier and less kind of like you don't have that weird little uncomfortable feeling of giving them the price when they've told you yes please I'll have the price please thank you very much please do you know what I mean like it's so much easier you don't have to feel weird about giving them the price you're just giving them what they what they need um, so so that's the kind of approach and it's it's nothing flashy and it's not you know emotional emotional like manipulation or fighting or nothing it's answer it's asking very simple questions more often than not just asking them to expand on what they mean relaying information ask them if they want to know the price or get them to ask us the price and then giving them it like the it, it is as simple as that and then comes objection handling if you need to but hopefully at this point there isn't any because they've done a lot of the legwork and the hard work to basically tell you that they need your help that's my sort of way of looking at it, basically. No, it's class. And a lot of that is very much open-ended questions. Um, 
which is like motivational interview based, like open-ended questions, get them to you reflect, you summarize. Uh, and they, <clears throat> the thing for us is that I think there's this perception and I know I've got this perception, but I've also received a hell of a lot of PTs who have gone through the process and then talked us through. It's like very much that they go into these programs and they receive this um, sales script that then they have to read off and push people into. And then if, yeah. making, if I'm not making 10, 50, whatever new sales a month at 997 for a 12 week program, then I will not, I not, I'm not part of that group. Do you know what I mean? So these are really, is a, and I know I'm back in the day from what I did, I think it was NFE, that course that I did, like a sales call, sales thing. And I was like, this is so inauthentic. I'm literally pushing the sale onto these people. This is yeah. not me. It goes against my values and so on. And the way you just described that is very much an organized structure of open-ended questions that gets them to reflect and so on. And why The reason why I brought up marketing today is because I think that plays a massive role in getting the right information about the person in that sales process. Which then makes it not feel like you're having to push the sale onto people. All right. Um, I've, I've got a couple more questions. What I don't want to do is take it off where we've already kind of been because I think they've took, they'll take a lot from this. Um, you've just mentioned objection handling. I know there's going to be loads of PTs sat here watching it going, yeah, but if they say price or I'm going to go home and speak to my partner about it, how do you? How do you get on that? So just any bits yeah. of information on that. Hundred percent, and we'll handle every single every single objection in the exact same way. And it's, it's almost like a, you kind of ask a weird question. So I don't care if they say, oh, I just need to think about it, or I'm not sure if I can afford it, or I need to speak to my partner. The only way you need, the only way to start the objection handling off for me, and the way that I've found it work really, really well is, so, so when you say you can't afford it, what do you mean? And literally just go quiet. Again, we're using the fact that someone's got to fill the silence. A lot of the time, if they say they can't afford it, it's because it's a reaction to hearing price. It's just a reaction to the things that they've said. They've, they've now got to commit to something. People don't like to commit. Whether they like it or not, they just don't like to commit straight away. We, we've, all, we've all done it. You know, you, know, you know you really want this new car. You know you can afford it because you wouldn't have gone there otherwise. But you go, mm, I need to think about it. You know you're going to go over and just go, oh, sod it, yeah, I'll buy it, or whatever. So when you say you can't afford it, what do you mean? And that might sound like a very strange question because they've said they can't afford it. They must not have the money. Actually, what generally tends to happen is they go, oh, well, <clears throat> I don't get paid until like next week. Um, so, I oh, okay. So it's you do want to do this though, yeah? Get the commitment. You do want to do this program though, yeah? Just to confirm, you want to do this program. It's just that you don't get paid until next week. Yes. That, that's not a problem. What I can do for you is take payment but the pro the payment won't actually go out until next week are you happy to do it that way i'll be signing you up i'll be taking your car details i'll process it up on the, on the system you'll get your welcome pack and all that kind of stuff but payment won't go out until 28 does that work for you yeah all right sweet if they still object okay is like you know what what do you mean like what's the what's the problem with that just again just so i know all we're trying to do with objection handling is solve a problem it's just solve a problem and get us, give them a solution until they tell us, no, I don't want it. Shut the fuck up. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to get to that point, obviously, but they just told us all this stuff. So as far as I'm aware, they want to do it. They've just brought, they've brought up a problem. I can't afford it. Okay, what do you mean? I don't get paid till next week. Okay, I'll solve it for you. We can set you up. You can pay next week. 
you need that commitment because nine times out of ten, if you don't get that commitment, they ain't paying you next week. At the very least, can we get a deposit? Most thing for you today is if we take a deposit of fifty pounds, uh, and then next week we will get you signed up and, and make full payments. You know, whatever. Really, really simple. If they then say, um, what what I definitely don't do is do not get combative and don't get defensive. Do not start personally. Never ever compare what your the price of your program is to what they spend on things. Don't yeah. ever fucking do it. It's bang out of order. Well, they'll think you're bang out of order because it's very personal and it's none of your business what they spend their money on. That's for me personally. The reference isn't there, is it? Like you, you're, you're trying to, and I think that's where it's, it's come from kind of putting some type of cost reference yeah. versus and it, like a cup of coffee versus PT for three months. What the, I mean, it... it it's, it's the funniest one is, is every year with a new iPhone comes out and PTs rage on social media. Oh, you'll spend a grand on an iPhone, but you won't spend, you know, 300 quid on your health. Firstly, not many people are paying for an iPhone outright. They're paying it monthly and they value 50 quid a month so that they can look at Snapchat and Instagram or whatever every single second of the day, more than your product that you haven't potentially marketed very well or sold. Do you know what I mean? So don't get combative. Don't take offense to it. Oh, how much do you spend on takeaways a week then? They'll just tell you to piss off, like they, they just will, uh, and and it's happened. Trust me. Um, so the thing is with that as well is that what that's saying is like essentially everything that you have you enjoy in your life that you could save money on, you can swap for this that you don't yeah. really know that you enjoy. So it's just a ridiculous process. PT's it's a luxury. PT's luxury. Do you know what I mean? Everyone should have one, but it is a luxury. It, it's still always going to be seen as a luxury. So we need to, we can compare it to other things. Do you know what I mean? Like that matter. They don't they don't care less. They might say they can't afford your PT, but they will go and buy a brand new 4K OLED TV for four and a half grand a week later. It's where they perceive the value. Do you know what I mean? So that's why we've got to do a really good job inside of the sales script or whatever. But again, back to the objections. So, so you know, solution solve the problem. Let's say uh, uh, I need to I need to speak to my partner. So when you say you need to speak to your partner, what do you mean by that? Sounds like a really strange question. But they're going to have to reply to it. They might say, oh, you know, they're paying for it. Or I just, you know, it's quite a lot of money. I just want to make sure that we're, we're both on the same page. And about, oh, right, okay, okay, cool. So again, just to get the commitment from you, this is something that you want to do, but you need to speak to your partner. Would, do you think there'll be any resistance from your partner about doing this program? If they say, oh, I don't know, right? Okay, well, when are you able to speak to them? Get get specifics and get deadlines. Like this isn't pushy. You might think it sounds pushy, but it isn't. You've got a business to run at the end of the day. So you need definite and you need to know where you stand because you'd rather be told no than maybe. And then you end up stressing out and chasing them up for two weeks. It's not worth your time. (laughs) So when when exactly can you speak to them? Tomorrow. Okay, perfect. What time's best? Five o'clock. Okay, great. So you don't think there'll be any resistance or you're not sure yet. Uh, you speak to them at five o'clock. If I give you a call at 5.30 then, would we be able to get this boxed off? And if you want, would you want your partner on the call as well? And we'll go through it all together to make sure that this is, you know, a 100% kind of supportive environment or whatever. Yeah, fine, cool, whatever. You're just solving a problem. You're giving them options to do it. Oh, I need to think about it. When you say you need to think about it, what, what is it? What, what do you mean? Oh, I'm just not sure if I can commit to it because of you know time and okay well 
we, we did speak about the time element previously. Um, and when I spoke about the times of the, the sessions and all that kind of stuff, you did say that it was, it was okay. So is it a time thing or is it something else? Like the, you, it does come with practice this, like I, I could be on any kind of call and come across a new sort of objection and I'd probably find a way to kind of start mm-hmm. talking, you know, slowing the thing down and talking about something else. So it does come with practice. Um, but get familiar with what your most common objections are. Make a little note of them and just replay replay scenarios in your brain almost. You, what you don't want to do, and, and this is another thing, is you don't want to, you know, you're in the consultation with your clipboard or your iPad or something, and then they bring up an objection and you go. So when you say you can't, when you say you can't <laughs> afford it, what do you mean? How can we solve this? But you don't want to be doing that. Do you know what I mean? You need to be confident, conviction, straight in, no hesitation, because you need, you need to hold authority in these situations. You're not being pushy. You're trying to provide them with the solution. All we need on every single conversation, we either need a yes or we need a no. And if we cannot get a no because we don't want to get, you know, we don't want to really drive for the no on the call, we need to get a deadline and it has to be inside 24 hours. For me personally, anyway, Otherwise, you're going to struggle. Now, you will see a lot of people online telling you that if you have to do this, then it's the wrong way to do it. You, you, know, you should be more than happy to let people go away and then come back to you. But the people that say that generally tend to have a fully booked up business. So they can afford to just let people go away and, and maybe not purchase. We can do this in a way that isn't pushy. If we set deadlines or we solve problems, you will be much better off. It's better for them to say, you know what, this just isn't for me. Then, yeah, oh yeah, God, yeah, I'll do it. And then you end up chasing them up and pestering them for two weeks. Yeah, and it's just finding that line, I suppose, isn't it? Of like, am, oh, I, yeah. getting, am I getting a vibe here that at some point um, there is going to be an element of buyer's remorse? So, or am I, have, am I trying to convince someone who, if you're going to do it on a scale of motivation, is halfway yeah. up that scale instead of near a 10 to come into my service? It's been aware of that. And that comes from experience as well. But, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, obviously, I've got a last question on like campaign and stuff like that. I'll swerve that for now and take the questions that are in here, Nick. Do you want to tackle them too? I think there yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, first one. Yeah, that is honestly the key thing when talking to leads. They normally start with look for the price first. What's the best answer to give them? I think we answered that. Um, normally I try to explain my service through their goals before I give price points, but then he goes back to that. And, and normally that's what they look for. Any of that, mate? So as if like before you've even met, like they're just going, how much is it? Yeah. It's that cold situation we said we were going to go through before, but we didn't, but yeah, it comes up and asks how much is price. So there's, there's a couple of different ways to do it. And again, I think it comes with the experience and how much, how badly you kind of want need, need the clients. Um, so now if someone comes in and asks me how much something is, I'll just give them the price because if they're going to shop on price, then I'm not that interested. Like, you know, how much is X, Y, Z? It's this much. It's this much, basically. Let me, let me know if you want to have a chat about it because I'll kind of relate to them that it's not about whether you can afford it or not. It's whether it's actually going to be a good fit. So here's the price, but I'm happy to have a chat with you to see if it's something that you do want to do moving forward. But I feel as though I'm in a good place to be able to do that. There's, there's the deflection where you, can, where you can be like, you know, they'll say, how much is it? And people aren't very good at this. They've been told it somewhere, but it's usually a terrible, terrible way of handling it. 
how much is your PT? So the way that it works is I'll talk you through all of the prices and the different packages that, that may be available, but I need to understand more about you and what it is that you want to achieve first. So when's the best time to have a conversation with you today or tomorrow? And I'll just talk you through everything, including price. That's like a really polite way of deflecting from that. Or another way of doing it is kind of giving a range and then doing the same thing. Yeah. So typically you're going to be looking, depending on what it is that you want and need and what we can do to get blah, blah, blah. You'd be looking between hundred, anything starting from a hundred pound to, you know, 500 pound a month, whatever your range actually is. Um, but the most important thing is that we have a conversation first. You tell me what it is you need help with. I'll tell you what my service is. And if there's something that we can do together, we'll get it sorted out. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can be outright deflective and, and do it that way. You can give them a bit of a range with a slight deflection, or you can kind of just give them the price, but say, you know, ultimately it's not about whether you can afford it or not. I want to make sure that you are the best fit possible for my services. So let's have a chat, blah, 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 blah. Don't ask them if they want to chat. Just say, let's have a chat when you're free tomorrow or today, you know, whatever. That's the way that I would kind of handle price stuff. It is hard and it is annoying, um, but you don't, want to, you don't want to come across as if you're hiding something. I think the big bit of that is the way a PT sees it, it's like we all see it. Like, well, if I, if I think about, it's a chat that you had before, if I think about what I do sell, well, if a PT is thinking I sell PT for £30 an hour, that's what they're going to say. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and as we've both said, and you, everyone on here has heard it from us hundreds and thousands of times probably, is very much delivering the service to relevant needs to meet the needs of the client. So that very much depends on the conversation you have with the person. So I, we strongly agree, like we're, we're the price range. So anyone, yeah. it's your price range, but let's book in a chat because I'm going to need to understand the needs to be able to match the service. So yes, that's yeah. nice expensive, but you probably won't need all of that. And this, so yeah, yeah. that's the way of going about it. Is it, is there another one, Nick? Yes. Uh, also, how would you go about, trying to promote increasing sessions for clients that might be on a lower paying option of sessions. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing Rick, we, we know Rick, he's been on some of the courses. He's probably talking about probably some of the earlier clients when he started out, you know, they're probably on like maybe less frequency, the lower price point. How would you, what's your take on how to increase that? So like someone who's doing one session a week, taking them to two sessions a week. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I would, to be honest. Sorry? Upgrading, isn't it, basically? You're up yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I would kind of, you, you kind of want to look at it as like, it's not, this isn't really a sales call at all. Like you, you want, or a conversation. It's almost like you, you kind of want to, depending on what their personality is like and what your relationship's like with, you could be like, listen, you know, you, you know Steve, you, you've been smashing it lately. Like, you know, look at the results you've got. What I want to do though, moving forward, is I, I want to ensure that everybody that I work with doesn't just get great results. I want them to get, you know, life-changing results. Like, what is it? What, what is it that we could do to get you to achieve more? Like, do you what? You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of just play off of that. Like, you, I, I you know, as a business owner, personal trainer, I want to be able to get people unbelievable results. I'm thinking of giving everybody the opportunity to double up their sessions and do more per week because I want, I want more from you. I want to give you more the value. Blah 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 blah. Like, almost put the feeler out for it. And just say, I'm looking to bring this into play in, in, in July. Um, is it something that you may be interested in? Is it something that we could maybe, we, we maybe test out? If you're worried about it, throw the test and out scenario in. 
Like, let's try it for a month and see what progress we can make. And I, I confidently believe that you'll want to take it on moving forward. That's a So one of the conversations I've had with uh, one of my private clients is she wants to go fully online, but she does love the face-to-face interaction. She does love face-to-face PT. So we've kind of turned it now. We're, the, the, only, the only way someone can work with her face-to-face is if they work with her twice per week because she can charge £400 a month for it. And she only has specific time slots in the morning because she wants to spend time with the kids in the school run. So she's framed it exactly as that. She's had all the conversation with her face-to-face clients saying, like, moving forward, the way this is going to work is it's purely results focused. Like, and, and the way I can get you better results is for you to come and work with me more frequently. So if you want more and better results, this is the way that it's going to work. And she's upgraded, I think, eight out of 10 from one session a week to two sessions a week. Yeah, that probably Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. It should have been probably pitched at the, the first initial consultation or sales or whatever it is. But like any PT, probably didn't have the confidence to pitch that price. Yeah. But fair enough to the PT. That's brilliant. Like, absolutely awesome. But yeah, again, bang on. It's, it's one of those things as well that like, if they're already buying from you, like let's say you've got 10 clients doing one session a week. Some of those, without realizing it, want to do more. They just haven't been given the opportunity to do it by you yet. So give them the opportunity. You should frequently, once, once, every, you know, once every so often, once a month or something, like give your group the opportunity to purchase more from you. There's less reliance on new clients at that point. If you can get you know, 20% of your clients every month or 10% or 20% of your clients every month to upgrade slightly. The revenue increases, you get better results. There's less reliance on brand new clients. And that's easy done in a monthly review. So like having a frequent monthly review where you go back over goals and it actually feels like that consult process again every month. Yeah. Because people need that because at the end of the day, they dip in motivation and all of that stuff. Mate, did appreciate it. They probably appreciate it massively. Like, I think, I think we can be too sort of relaxed on our clients sometimes in regards to I don't want to sell them anything because I don't want I don't want them to think I'm being a bit weird or a bit sleazy. Like, some of them want it. Like, there's a reason why all the biggest companies in the world, when you purchase something, they throw something else in your face straight away, mm-hmm. and then they send you emails for the next twelve months to buy other stuff because it works. Because you're a customer and you want more stuff. Some people want the best of everything. So you could you could bring out some bells and whistles, all banging theme tunes, singing and dancing, whatever program. One of the two of your clients will probably take it because they want they want the next step, they want the next thing. As long as it makes sense for them and it actually provides value, of course. But don't be afraid to upsell clients. When we had the gym, every year we gave people the opportunity to upgrade from 150, 150 a month to like 200 or 250 a month to basically get extra accountability from us for 12 weeks leading up to Christmas. We just gave everybody the opportunity and we always sold it out because people wanted more. They always want, there's always a group of people that want more than what they've currently got. They just don't know they can have it until you tell them. The key thing with that is, mate, they're going to use it, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to use it because they've paid extra for it. So the perceived value meets, meets their meets their perception at the end of the day when you kind of start to add more 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 on and don't then actually charge for it the value isn't there is it Uh, that's a really good point actually as well yeah we want to give more to our clients and sometimes you will have to charge more for it and they'll be happy to like they'll be happy to pay more for it that's the thing because they see what it can do for them but if you all of a sudden like you say is just start throwing all kinds of stuff at this current price point yeah 
some might use it. You know, you just built yeah. out this singing and dancing you know, membership site with educational resources and extra workouts and templates and uh, give them for free. Hardly anything will use it. If it's an extra, I don't know, 20 quid a month or something, they'll probably use it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's don't be afraid to upsell clients. Like really do not yeah. be afraid to upsell clients. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a successful business model for a reason. Yeah. Class. Okay. Any more for any more in there, Nick? I don't think my... uh, ba, 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 ba. All good. Double check. That's it. Cool. Sweet. Mate, um, let's do that cliche. Where can they find you think at the end of the live podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, on Instagram, um, Stu underscore fit pro sales. Good man. Um, and then anything coming up that you need to kind of deliver what you're doing, obviously, <laughs> the RFB and stuff like that? To be honest, um, if they go onto my Instagram or I can send you the link for it, it's my email list. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just a bunch of educational stuff. There's some stories in there and, and whatever else. But I don't have like I don't have anything to I said to you in the email, I don't have anything to, to pitch yourself, to be honest. So they can go there, they can learn some stuff, they can implement some stuff and um, rate my rate my um, shit trainers that I buy. Um, every so often on my stories, which is a usual ongoing thing. So, yeah, it's all good. Well, mate, I appreciate your time. I know you're mad busy. Um, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I really, really appreciate your time. I'm sure that yeah, as well. And those who watch you back, uh, they're already thanking you in the chat. Um, I appreciate it. We'll uh, record this. Obviously, it goes on the podcast and we'll stick these on as well so everyone can access it later and it'll obviously stay on the group. But again, mate, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for watching and we'll uh, see you all soon. See you again. Thank you very much. One sec.